0: Welcome back to Fresh Bread from Candy's Kitchen. Today we are going to uh, talk about a very exciting subject to me. And it's one that I believe will help you in your prayer life and your walk with God. Uh, It will both encourage you and it will shake heaven, as you will see here in a few minutes. So... Have you ever been to Washington, D.C.? Uh, I've been privileged to go several times. Maybe sometimes we might not think that's such a privilege, but I, I do count it a privilege. And I've been to Washington, D.C., and I've been to um, all the big buildings and uh, been to the mall and been to the White House. And uh, there is a feeling that's there that is so incredible. It's, it's um it's a feeling of power there's a power in that city that's, uh, that, that you can actually I think feel when you, when you think about it as you're walking through the place but there's no place like the throne room of God in heaven, the throne room where the Lord sits on the throne that is like uh, making uh, washington d c just be like the little uh, little people villages that little kids play with there's there's not even a comparison and yet it's something that that we as humans can experience and kind of get the feel of something that is like incredible but we 're going to talk today about a man that actually uh, saw the throne room in heaven. Uh, it, it must have been an experience like none other. Uh, we don't know how he saw this. We don't know if he was in a trance and saw it. We don't know if he was having a vision. We don't know if it was a dream. Uh, we don't know if by some miraculous uh happening, that he was transported there bodily. I, I kind of doubt that. I have a feeling it was probably uh, some kind of a vision. But what we do know is that this man, Isaiah, who was a prophet of God, uh, was, was somehow uh, placed in a, in a situation where he sees the throne room of heaven. Now, someday we are all going to experience that. It's going to be incredible. But what we do know is what a little bit of what it was like, because Isaiah Isaiah tells us, he says, when I saw this throne room, he says um, that he said, uh, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train fills the temple. And then he says, and this is what we're really going to deal with today. He says, I saw seraphims. They had six wings. Now, oftentimes when you and I think of a seraphim, we don't think of six wings, but these seraphim angels had six wings. Two of them were used to cover their eyes. My guess is that they had to cover their eyes because you can't just look on the God of the universe and probably stay alive. So they had their eyes covered. If you remember when Moses went up into the mountain for 40 days and when he came down, his face was so bright that that it it really bothered people when they saw him. And that was just from the fact that he had been in the mountain with God and God had even hid him in the cleft of the rock when his glory passed by him. So uh, just looking at God would have been incredible. But what Isaiah is saying, I saw these seraphims. They had these six wings. Two of them were covering their face. Two were covering their feet. And with the other two, they did fly. And so they cried one to another. And so some scholars say they were singing one to another. They were talking one to another. Uh, But there was some kind of a uh, language that was going on between these angels. And they said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. So holy, 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 they're referring to God. They're referring to a the characteristic of God, the fact that God is holy, the fact that he's pure, the fact that he's separate. He's, there's no one like him and his pureness and his holiness. So they're saying, holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, which was very personal for them because they would have been part of the hosts of heaven that part that angelic beings that god's in charge of sometimes uh, there are there are some people that that have uh worship of angels there's no reason to worship angels angels are just there at the bidding of god they do things that he tells them to do he sends them here he sends them there they only have power that's given them by the lord and so but here's the seraphim saying Wow, holy, holy, holy. He's the Lord God. He's the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of us. He's in charge of everything. And then they say the whole earth is full of his glory. In other words, the glory of God is not just in that throne room, but it extends to earth. And, um, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God and the earth shows his handiwork. You can't help but look at a mountain and, and not think, wow, what a God that created this or, or to walk along the uh, sand of the ocean and watch the uh, waves come in and, and, and look out there and go, wow, there's a God that's behind all of that. It's because the glory of the Lord It it fills the earth as well as that uh, throne room that Isaiah was seeing. So he's seeing these seraphim saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And it's this next phrase in chapter 4 that just got my attention. I couldn't get away from it. It says, And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. The posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. Uh, some translations say they don't use posts of the door, but they say it was the threshold. Whatever it was, it doesn't really matter to me. What matters to me is when when the attributes of God are being cried out, there was something in that room that 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 awesome room of power and glory that just began to shake. And I just, I don't know, and maybe this will make any sense to you, but to me it was like there's something in giving glory and honor to God, to his majesty, to who he is, to His character, to His attributes. There's something about praying those things that somehow just shakes everything that's around. And so today, what I want to get across is this. There's many types of prayers. There's prayers where we're asking God for things, and that is biblical. The scripture says, ask and you shall receive seek and you shall find. The Lord is, is nigh unto them that are, are of a, a pure heart that ask him. Asking is a great thing. That's one type of prayer. Uh, there's another type of prayer where we're praising and thanking him for the good things that he's done. And all of us have wonderful things that God has done in our lives. The mere fact that we're alive is a good thing. The fact that he provides for us is a great thing. The fact that he maybe made a way when there really seemed to be no way. There's all those types of things that we can thank him for. And that's a type of prayer. And there's a time of just praise, just praising him. But there's this kind of worship like we see from these seraphims that I think moves all of heaven And that's when we worship him for who he is. We just came through the Christmas holiday. And I can't help but think about Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. That's about just a few chapters after what we're talking about here today. Where it says, Isaiah says, he's wonderful. He's counselor. He's mighty God. The everlasting father. The prince of peace. And it's just like when we pray and we say to God, we know who you are. You're holy. You're the counselor. You're the prince of peace. You are all those things. You are my provider. You are my helper. You are my strength. You are the one that goes before me into battle. You are the one whose name I lift up in battle. There's no one like you. There's something in that type of prayer that shakes the heavenlies. And I'm going to suggest that since the whole earth is full of his glory, that when we pray here on earth and give glory to his majesty and give glory to him for who he is, when we take the time to just say, you are holy, You are all righteous. There is no one like you. I'm telling you. Even in our own places of prayer, the glory of God comes down and I believe the place by faith is shaken before God. His ears are attentive to that when we call on him for who he is. I learned a lot from this and that was the angels... They know who he is. The angels praise him for who he is. They haven't even tasted of what we've tasted. And so if they can shake, if their words, if their song can shake the heavenlies, what can happen when a mortal person that the Lord has reached down and touched their life and filled them with his spirit, when we begin to praise and sing, and talk about who he is, wow, the place will be shaken. And so today, I encourage you, take out that journal that we talked about the other day. Write down some of those attributes of God, some of those parts of God's character, and maybe even as you write those things down, write beside it how those things have come to pass in your life. He's not a God that's just a far away that um, has great attributes, but those great attributes touch our lives. And so, my suggestion today is take a time of prayer where you just praise Him and magnify Him and worship Him for who He is. And I tell you, the place will be shaken. God bless you. I hope this has been something that will just put a little meat on your bones just like a little bread would (laughs) do to all of us. God bless you, and we will talk again soon.